Hello, celebrity gossip enthusiasts. I'm Travis Cronin, and you're listening to Us Weekly's Hot Hollywood Podcast. Today, I'm joined by my celebrity reporting experts in their own respective fields. We have the woman who can identify as Shin Yan from a low bun, Gwen Flamberg. That's me. And the woman who can identify a Neil Lane Diamond from across the room, Sarah Huron. Oh, that is definitely me. Hello, everyone. Hello, guys. Well, today we'll be focusing on uh, two mega A-list couples having drama with a capital D, one um, barreling into the court and one battling on the beaches of the Dominican Republic. We have two royal brothers who are having communication issues, a strange bachelor finale, a pop star who shared her story of drugs and sexual assault, an actress barefoot in the streets of New York, and we'll look into whether Pete Davidson is married. And don't worry, guys, there's much, much more. But let's start off with some intentions. These intentions aren't for us or anyone we've mentioned, hopefully. But for celebrities, things we want them to see do more of or less of. Gwen Flamberg, who is your intention for today? Well, guys, I've never had an intention for this human, but I'm going to today. It's for Miss Billie Eilish, who broke the internet this week when she revealed that she had dyed her trademark green and black hair blonde. It's a very buttery shade of sort of like, I'm calling it banana blonde. It reminds me of Georgia and Ginny and Georgia's blonde so I like that Billy's rocking it too. But like, here's the crazy thing, you guys. At the Grammys, leave it to Billie Eilish to have been wearing a Billie Eilish wig. She oh. had the blonde all along. Of course, it was TikTokers who figured it out because it takes, you know, several days. I think it took something like 16 days for her hair to be transformed to the blonde that it is now. You know, of course, you have to, like, strip out color. It's a very long process, which you all may remember from when any number of Kardashians have gone from their Armenian black hair to a similar shade of blonde. Anyway, Billy, you do you. Keep it fresh. Keep everyone on their toes. And, hey, maybe next time, try to be a redhead because you might have heard the blondes have more fun. But Travis, Sarah, and I know that redheads have the most fun. If you want to read all about the transformation, you know what to do. Go to usmagazine.com slash stylish. I feel like Gwen's work here is done. She covered the biggest hair. We got the stylish plug. We got the redhead plug. She did it in one foul swoop. And it was like with the gusto of a campaign speech. I love it. True, true. I get excited talking about hair color, you guys. You can tell. I get excited when you talk about wigs. Um, Sarah Huron, who is your intention for this week? My celebrity intention is for Sheena Marie Shea. This is someone who I've made intentions for a lot. I'm sure I will continue to do so. If you are not familiar with the Good as Gold songstress, she is from Vanderpump Rules, of course. And she is pregnant due to give birth to her baby girl, I'm pretty sure, in the coming weeks. Um, and there has been a leak for her baby name as someone figured out that her Instagram account, Mini Sheena, was previously called Summer Marie Honey. And so the rumor is that she is naming her daughter Summer Marie Honey, there are a lot of reasons no. I would like her to reconsider. Sheena, Sheena, Shishu, my, my my close personal friend. First of all, your baby daddy, Brock, your boyfriend, has a son named Winter back in Australia. So maybe Winter and Summer and another kid, too. So that would be a little strange. Second, 
Summer Marie and Sheena Marie. A little too close in my opinion. And third, Honey. I just don't know if Honey is a middle name. And that's oh, my case. God. Oh, my God. Hearing that family is coming over for dinner, like, already made me annoyed. And, uh, you know, I don't even know anything else about them except for their names. And I already don't want them to come. Just think think it over, Sheena. Think it over. We just had Lala name her baby Ocean. That was a choice. You know, Stassi went with Hartford. God only knows what Jackson and Brittany are going to do. So I was expecting this, but I just, I, I, I don't know how much I can handle Summer Marie, honey. Oh, my goodness. Um, well, mine is not a name-based, but now I'm angry and want to make mine – no, don't name your baby, honey, for a middle name. But my intention is for Kristen Cavallari. Um, you know, she just broke up with Jeff Dye, reportedly split after five months. And I also saw that she was in Cabo, and it really gave me a lot of Laguna Beach flashbacks. So I want Kristen to be this – true reality TV stunt queen that she is and like take Stephen Coletti to Cabo and like post a bunch of pictures from it and just like give us everything we want. She knows her way around this block. She knows what she wants and this would be it. You know, see if Elsie, who is definitely not going to (laughs) come, would be like available just to make it. Throw it out there. I just invite Elsie because if we know one thing that Kristen likes more than anything, it's sort of having the upper hand in a breakup and causing a splash. And this would just be so amazing. So get as many of the Laguna Beach people as you possibly can and just offer to bring them all to Cabo. Well, let's start off with some news. Let's get loud. The couple known as J-Rod may be breaking up their J-Squad, but forgiveness is free, Yankee, and her love don't cost a thing. Well, this story rocked my world today. All of the back and forth, J-Lo and A-Rod, are they broken up? Are they not? The rumors were swirling last week, but J-Lo has set the record straight. Um, on TikTok, just sort of calling the rumors dumb. And if how could you forget? But A-Rod was called out by the Southern Charm cast by having been DMing and FaceTime with Madison LaCroix, who's probably the first time you ever heard that unless you watch and love Southern Charm. Or you listen to this podcast. I think we spoke about it at the time. Oh, absolutely. We've talked about Madison more times than I ever thought we would. She's on um, the cover of, um, I believe, In Touch this week. What a lucky girl. Oh, that's good for her. I still can't figure out what reason Alex must have given J-Lo to say that they were FaceTiming with this young 20-year-old girl, but apparently he gave her a good enough reason because they are in the Dominican Republic, they are making out, they are showing PDA, and have released a statement that they're still together. Well, Madison is posing in a bikini today just to kind of, I think, stir the pot a little bit. Who knows? I mean, that's Uh, what they do on Bravo. That is what they are trained for this. They are like, have been in a boot camp. Um, I... I just don't even know what's happening with this. It's smoke and salmon, as Gwen says. It is really... It's concerning that he was DMing and FaceTiming with this random young blonde woman who has no tie to his real industry or anything, but... 
you know, they're still together. So I hope they make it. Question mark. I'm confused because I feel as though we were one of the many outlets who confirmed something was up on Friday from reliable sources. And then by Saturday, it was like, you're wrong. So I think this was a classic, like huge fight. They did break up, but they weren't ready to tell everyone. Then they got mad that Madison was brought into it because that all started trending immediately because everyone knew this. And now they're trying to take back the narrative. Last ditch effort to make it work. I wouldn't put my money on a J-Rod wedding, but I know the kids are close, so it's possible. Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I think. I mean, I think that, listen, I think it's over, but I think that they are keeping this facade going. You know, they have so many deals together, you guys. I mean, I always loved them as a couple because I felt like it was the perfect example of a couple who, um, you know, kind of like, They were like the perfect partnership in every way, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, once all of these deals are done, I think it's going to be Splitsville for those two, which is sad, but keep it in your goddamn pants, (sighs) A-Rod. So you think that they're just sort of like figuring out the money things and breaking all of those apart slowly? You know, listen, if, if it was like me and my last relationship or like outstanding issues such as like the wedding of close friends that we need to go to together and keep up a brave face. So we're going to wait until after that to really end Mm -hmm. it. You know what I mean? It's like their, their partnership things become much, much bigger when millions and millions of dollars and a lot of people who are employed and the kids obviously who have a really strong emotional bond. I know it's, it's, it's sticky, right? But you know, who knows? Maybe I'll eat my words. Maybe they'll make it work because JLo is a unicorn. She really can do anything. But I think that she deserves better than someone who's going to be like having a text affair with a Bravo celebrity. Come on. And we should say that a source close to A-Rod tells us that they've never met Madison LaCroix and Alex Rodriguez. So yes, text affair is as far as it goes. But I mean, that's enough. The intention is there. Yep. Sarah Huron, do you think that they're, you know, making it work, going to stay together? Do you think we'll see this wedding in Italy and then second ceremony in the Hamptons sometime in 2022? No, I do not. <laughs> And that is my official statement. Okay. Well, being the only person, uh, you know, on this podcast who knows anything really about Madison, do you think she is going to go after A-Rod now? Oh, that's a good question. Um, You know, Madison is the same one who dated Jay Cutler because her ex, Austin, spent like one hour with Kristen Cavallari and that didn't sit well with her. From all my understanding, Kristen Cavallari and Austin, nothing even happened, but that did not stop Madison from having revenge sex, allegedly, with Jay Cutler, (laughs) allegedly. Um, So I think she's not necessarily going to go after A-Rod, but she's going to make herself very available and visible. As Gwen said, she's in Miami right now, partying on the beach. They have the photos everywhere. Um, They're going to probably start shooting season uh, season six or eight I don't even know what of Southern Charm soon season eight I think and I wouldn't be shocked if there was another you know athlete that also maybe reaching out to her I'm sure her DMs are flooded Mm, she's getting new fans from this absolutely 
well, I guess it's just what she wanted, right? I just, I just feel so bad because so many people have asked me, like, how can anyone, like, as beautiful as J-Lo get cheated on? And I tell them as soon as it happened to Halle Berry, you know, mm. beauty, it's not, it's what it is. Men will be men and need their ego stroked regardless of what their gorgeous, gorgeous, most beautiful woman on the planet's wife I was just like. hoping that maybe this was going to work because he's not an athlete anymore, like, active. I know he's still, like, a super big-time celebrity and he works in the sports world and he's really rich. But I was hoping that maybe A-Rod post MLB was like a little more tamed, but I guess it's not true. Yeah, he's been out of it for a while. He's older. They're like around the same age. I really, I loved this power couple and so sad to see them possibly dismantling. Speaking of dismantling, guys, we have a band of brothers that seems to be doing quite the same. As Us Weekly reported last week, Prince Harry has spoken to his family following, of course, his tell-all interview with Meghan Markle. Gail King revealed this uh, last Tuesday on CBS This Morning. She said Harry has talked to his brother and he's talked to his father, too. The word I was given, I wonder who it could be from, was that those conversations were not productive, but at least they were started a conversation. Um, A source told us that William and his wife, Kate Middleton, were in total shock following the interview and wish Harry and Meghan, quote, had not tried to take down the royal family. So Gail went on to say that the family has to acknowledge that there are issues and right now that no one is acknowledging. That's all Harry and Meghan really want. They want a conversation. Now, what I like about this story is it's really easy to trace the sources of where this came from, which is a lot of what I've been doing. I think it's very obvious where this news is coming from. What do you guys think of Gail King sort of being the mouthpiece and spreading this news for Harry and Meghan? Well, on one hand, I think that it's kind of bizarre coming from Gail, even though she has ties to a closed source, right? But it just feels like chatter that that shouldn't be out there, you know? On the other hand, it's like, this is how everyone, everyone's talking about this. So why not Gail? She, I'm sure she watched that tell all. <laughs> I agree, Gwen. I feel two type of ways about every single thing with this whole story. I know we went into it in depth last week and I was like, every time Megan was getting into details, I was like, part of me was like, don't do it. Don't do it. Like, don't throw anyone under the bus. Another part of me was like, give me the tea. Tell me everything. So I've been conflicted this whole time about airing dirty laundry, but also being addicted to drama. And this is no exception. <laughs> like, I need those these receipts that Gail says Megan has to leak, like, tomorrow. Like, I need to read them. But also... That's horrible. So I've been conflicted this whole time about what to do because these aren't reality stars. These aren't people. Of course, they're public figures, but it's a little different. Like, it's a weird balance of the privacy here for the royal family versus Meghan and Harry finally getting their voices back and speaking out. Like, I don't know what the answer is, but I'm used to housewives receipts. And on that, we can say whatever we want. You know what I mean? Right. And we are saying whatever we want, Sarah, because in the new issue of Us Weekly, we reveal about details about the phone call between Prince Harry and Prince William that happened this week. It was about an hour long, sources tell us. And pretty much the ballpark is it didn't go well. Not well, bitch. Not well, bitch. 
And we also know from sources that Harry will be traveling to the UK for the Princess Diana <laughs> Memorial that is happening there. And the brothers will have to meet face to face. When, how do you think, how do you think these brothers are going to mend when it's Princess Diana's memorial in the UK? I feel like her angel presence might be the only thing to, you know, heal this rift, if even that. I agree with that. I think that the one driving factor that holds those two together is their shared history of a highly, highly traumatic event, which was the death of their mother. And even I think just, you know, can you imagine what the energy was like around them when they were growing up, you know, with the rift between their mother and the entire royal family, which now to both of them. So, you know, I have high hopes that this is kind of like a lifetime movie and they will, <laughs> you know, really come back together at at that event or due to that event. And it'll help them to kind of come back to the fact that they love each other and they're brothers. And like, come on, bros before hoes, you guys. Hasn't any how how you say this in royal language? <laughs> I don't know, but I don't think it's that. But I agree. <laughs> I do want them to have the lifetime movie, like with their mom and angel wings, sort of like holding them together and like, you know, having them make them over some tea and crumpets. And Lori Laughlin can put on a wig and play the <laughs> angel of Diana. <laughs> Well, that's genius, but in because in the um one of the Lifetime movies they did about Harry and Meghan, they had like a lion be Diana reincarnated um, when Harry and Meghan went to Africa, and that was a journey and a half. So I think this could definitely be done with Gloria's talents. I mean, imagine she plays the lion and an angel or something. We I'm just workshopping here. Oh, I like bless. it. I like it. God bless. Well, it looks like uh, Beatrix from the Royal HR isn't the only one who is investigating all of these allegations. There is no Beatrix from HR. I just couldn't think of a British lady name. <laughs> but uh, Buckingham Palace has hired an external law firm to investigate claims that Meghan was bullied by royal staff and possibly bullied royal staff. Us Weekly can understand. A spokesperson for Buckingham Palace said, our commitment to look into the circumstances around the allegations of former staff of the Duke and Duchess is being taken forward. We will not be providing public commentary on it. Harry and Meghan did not have a response to this. Um, but before they said this, that the let's just call this what it is, a calculated smear campaign based on the misleading and harmful information, Harry and Meghan said in a statement. So the palace has a new aggressive plan to probe the report that contrasts starkly with Harry and Meghan's view of what happened of racism by a senior royal, and they are going to try to keep it in-house. So they have the HR team, they have an out outside law firm, but will you guys even sort of like trust Buckingham Palace after what they did to Meghan and Harry with the statements before the tell-all interview, all of this, will you accept it? I don't think any of this, anything's going to come of any of these investigations, whether they're investigating what Harry and Meghan claimed happened or they're investigating what palace aides say Meghan did. I think it's all for show and everyone's trying to save face. And I'm sure there's something happening with these lawyers, but I don't believe they're going to get any answers. This is a classic he said, she said situation and no one knows like how to, where to go from here. So the in investigations are the answer apparently. Good luck, Beatrix. Yeah. <laughs> Gwen, what about you? 
I completely agree. I mean, I just feel like it is something that has to be done. They have to go through these motions, but come on. It's like, I just don't think that it's one of these situations where it's like, there are several versions of the truth. And it's a lot right. of like, he, he said, she said, and what actually happened. And we're, I don't think we're ever going to know what actually happened because we weren't there. Right. I just hope they get angry enough to tell them, tell us which member of the Royal family asked about Archie's skin color. I feel like that's just the question on everybody's mind. We're going to take a little bit of a sad turn, guys. She is sorry. Yes, actually sorry. I don't want to be too funny for this one because the content is really, really tragic. Sarah, tell us what Demi Lovato has opened up to about in her new docuseries because, damn, it's crazy. Oh, my goodness. Demi Lovato, Dancing with the Devil, is not out for the public yet. It'll be on YouTube in the next coming days in four parts, but it premiered wherever it premiered at some film festival and the press got copies and the stuff that she has revealed. I mean, about the overdose alone, the 2018 overdose, we found out that she was taken advantage of. She was raped Mm -hmm. by her drug dealer. She was doing several different kinds of drugs. Most Um, every drug. (laughs) Yeah. Heroin, um, meth, meth, cocaine, Molly. I mean, like, where do you even get meth? Can't say I know. Um, drug, the rapist drug dealer, of course. True. <laughs> she also revealed that she woke up blind the night of the overdose. Um, this is a quote. None of my friends knew that I was using. I kept it hidden from everyone. The one thing I was very good at was hiding the fact that I was addicted to crack and heroin. She also revealed that one of her first sexual experiences when she was 15 years old was not consensual during her Disney day. She didn't name names, but that's crazy. Um, apparently there are photos of her when she's on these drugs in the documentary. We learn that she's not completely sober right now. She's trying to find that balance the same way in her eating disorder that she has to allow herself to, you know, eat unhealthy sometimes or go super, like she has to find the balance. And I think that that's something she's doing with sobriety. And she was very open about, you know, I know I'm going to get backlash for this, but I, when I go extreme is when I relapse and when I start doing hard drugs. So she Mm. drinks casually and whatever. So it's going to be really interesting to see where everything goes from here and everyone reacts, but I can't wait to watch because apparently the pic, like I'm nervous to watch, but like that there's pictures, there's like a lot of insight into everything she's been through. And I mean, she's lived like nine lives. She really has. And finding out that she was that night where she overdosed, that she was raped by her drug dealer, she was found by her friend naked and blue and pretty much dead, had those three heart attacks, two mild ones, one real one, and then was blind, girl, and then still relapsed. I mean, I... I've never heard of anyone really except for maybe like Heather Locklear and Charlie Sheen struggling with drugs in this like insane way. Yeah. But but yeah, I mean, as a spectator, I'm very excited to see this documentary, but it is sounding heavy, heavy. Yeah. There's also, of course, a little tea on, you know, Max, well, whatever the hell his last name is, the guy she was engaged with. Yeah, for that hot minute that we all totally forgot about. Um, I think she's I just did not forget. I did not forget. forget. No, because that was so insane. It was, it was so around, this, around this time last year that we yes. found out they were dating and quarantining together. And little did we know. 
Um, and she was like, all the people that were like, oh, they rushed into it. They're not going to last. I'm like, you proved them right. We were only together four to five months. And honestly, it was false advertising. She was so excited and thought she like found the one, but really she knew she moved too fast and kind of realized that she might not even want to be with a man. Like she always knew she was bisexual or queer, but she, mm-hmm. I think kind of is, was is still learning all this about herself. And I think we know that she's been through too much to commit maybe long-term to a, to a relationship at this point in time. Yeah. Sounds and about right. Yeah. And she said that she overdosed the day she came back from like a seven day wellness retreat. She was like, hi, I'm back. I need heroin and crack immediately. (laughs) It is rough, rough stuff. And I really putting it up to Demi to be clean and sober, whatever her version of that is with marijuana and booze included. I mean, scared for her. All right, well, let's move on to a sillier story. Now, Gwen, I've heard of barefoot wine. But no one should be barefoot on these New York streets. And I really wish right? that this actress was riding in cars with boys instead. <laughs> Tell me about the photos that will now haunt my brain and life for the rest of it. I mean, basically, it was Drew Barrymore, who earlier this week on Monday was seen in New York City walking around in a sweatsuit with literally nothing on her feet. Not even a flip-flop, totally barefoot. It was 37 degrees out in New York City. No explanation, you know. I mean, here's the thing. Drew is a little bit zany. Drew is a little bit like earthy, down to earth, just like us. Like Talk about someone who's been through stuff. Exactly. And, you know, listen, I don't know, maybe she had really bad blisters from something she had on her feet the night before. I mean, this is not like the normal times when we all wear normal shoes and you might have like been out at an event till the wee hours dancing and you got really bad blisters. And then, you know, I've been known to like shrug off some shoes on my way somewhere because my feet were killing me. As have I, Gwen, as have I. You know, I, I don't I don't know. Like I don't and know how long did it take you to get that black soot off the bottom oh. of your feet from New York City? Like a week? Like a long time. No, I I would just come home and use one of my many body scrubs on my feet. And that's what you'd have to do. I, I mean, would God go home forbid. and pass out. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then your white sheets would be like gray down at the bottom. So gross. No, I would always like use some exfoliating facial wipe. To, like, scrub mm-hmm. the bottom of my feet. Yeah, you know. Oh, I'd say grab the Clorox with the ex- exfoliation when you're in that. Because I've seen a friend, you know, a lady leave a fashion week party and take off her heels. And that black stayed on the bottom of her feet. She was in Rockefeller Center for, like, almost a month. You could see oh. some, like, gray because the skin's so porous. War <laughs> stories. War Drew stories. Barrymore is not just like us. Like, I don't understand why she couldn't have found a way around this a fuzzy slipper yeah braless and shoeless in the city like what she's like on top of her game right now with her talk show and stuff yeah but i think she also wants to kind of be very earthy anything goes if this is how you feel good do it you know i i i love drew i really do she's one of my favorites I do too, but this 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 is haunting, Drew. And I I want better for your feet and your general health. All right, Sarah, will you accept this breakup? <laughs> Tell us what happened for the Matt James finale. That it just felt like the whole season was like a waste. 
I know. I saw a meme that was like, this whole season could have been an email. Um, <laughs> you guys, it's been emotional for Matt, obviously, for Rachel, for everyone involved, including myself, you know, the host of Us Weekly's Bachelor <laughs> podcast here for the right reasons. We've all been through it. Go listen. We had a great recap with Bree, who was one of Matt's finalists this week. But yeah, basically, long story short, the episode began with Matt deciding he wasn't ready to propose after talking to his mom and brother, but he still picked Rachel and they were going to start their lives together. Then it cut immediately to the after the final rose, which was taped like a week ago, where we learned they did indeed go their separate ways after Matt and Rachel talked off camera about the fact that she attended this Old South antebellum party in college. And he kind of hinted that of course, it was about the past racially insensitive actions, but the reason he didn't think he could be with her and build a relationship with her was because of how she reacted to it. So whatever their private mm-hmm. conversations were, it kind of seemed like maybe she downplayed it. She didn't understand. And he didn't have the time, energy, or desire to explain it to her, didn't feel like this was the person to raise his kids with, start a family with, and decide to go their separate ways. She said she was blindsided. She seemed open to wanting to reconnect. He was like closing the goddamn door. It was wildly uncomfortable, which was partly the point, but still hard to watch. A lot of wine was consumed. And now we have Rachel out here telling people to stop coming for Matt because people are coming for Matt being like, how could you abandon her? And so she posted today, quote, I've been taken back by what I saw tonight. If you think that attacking a person I care about with racist insults is what I would ever want. You haven't been listening. Some of the things I've been saying, I've been saying to and about Matt are repulsive. I've seen being said to and about Matt are repulsive. I respect the decisions that Matt has made during this experience. If you are directing hate toward him, please stop someone's humanity. Think about humanity and the impact your words have. Oh, God, Sarah, I don't think there's ever been like a messier bachelor moment. I mean, Juan Pablo, we thought was maybe the worst, but this situation, real, real bad. What did you think when you were watching it? I think it's just because it's usually low stake. Like, of course, you feel bad for the people if, you know, they get proposed to and then they dump them or if they make a comment, you know, why did you make love to me if you weren't in love with me? We get messy stuff on The Bachelor all the time about these relationships because people are going through it. It's an emotional thing. But this is the first time we have a lot of real life implications. It's reflecting what's going on in society. It was the first Black Bachelor and people are really split in the world and in Bachelor Nation about it. So I think that's what makes it so different. For me, I feel bad for everyone involved. I feel bad for Matt. You know, he's out here tweeting about therapists. Probably a good <laughs> idea, buddy. Um, he, you know, was not used to the show at all. And now he was thrown into this and it right. turned into this crazy thing. And he's like now an activist or like he has to kind of present himself in the way he wants to. But also who knows what the show is telling him. But I also feel bad for Rachel, who is insisting that he was like the love of her life and is, you know, obviously heartbroken and still trying to do the right thing, which I respect. It's not like she's all these people who are coming to her defense. It's not like she's like, you're right. Screw him. Like she is trying to be on the right side of history. So it's just so freaking messy. And I'm, I'm very ready to close the chapter. Yeah, I feel like Matt James just wants to, like, look pretty, maybe get a girlfriend, possible fiancé, get some Instagram endorsements. <laughs> you know, he was just there for a good time, and now, you know... I don't know if he wants to be a Rachel Lindsay style activist because of this show. He just wanted to yeah. sell fat fit fun tea. And he has like his own chair. He does a lot of stuff. He seems like a great guy. I've said the whole time he has come off amazing, but you could just tell he was, I mean, they all were Rachel looked super skinny and like 
didn't have a lot of color in her face. He looked like just depressed and staring at the ground. Like everyone involved <laughs> has been through the ringer. And it's just, it's a lot, man. It's heavy. Oh God. Well, someone else is in a very similar situation, Sarah. Sharon Osbourne has put her foot in her mouth, which is going to make it hard for her to the talk. Get it? She's on the show, The Talk. So Sharon Osbourne has been embroiled in her own discussion about racism following allegations from The Talk that she was making racist jokes about Meghan Markle and possibly other people on the show by a couple of her co-hosts. Um, the episode that's mainly in question contains an emotional debate over Sharon's defense of her friend Piers Morgan and his controversial comments on on Meghan Margle. Sharon Osbourne later apologized on Twitter, Twitter to anyone of color who I offended and or anyone that feels confused or let down but what I said um, I apologize. Sharon claims that she was blindsided by her co-host um, in questioning her defense of Piers Morgan and she was not sufficiently prepared by the showrunners and producers. She believes her co-host had quote a lot of preparation and they had questions written beforehand and Sharon says that eight minutes before the taping began one of the show runners did ask if she would be okay taking questions from about Piers Morgan and how she would feel if maybe one of the women didn't agree with you so Sharon sort of feels that she was set up by this and set up to fail but the talk is hiatus this week they are currently doing an investigation and we're hearing from sources that Sharon is probably going to be on the outs from this show now this is another one of those very tricky issues where someone makes a joke and we have a very racially charged society right now so they have to be taken for more than a joke they have to be taken as a microaggression and causing violence against other people but it's really tough to find out where we can draw the line do you know sarah do you have any thoughts on sharon's comments what's happening to her um i mean i didn't see the interaction between the initial one about piers morgan and megan and how that all started um and i know that sharon did kind of apologize for it and be like piers morgan is my friend and i'm sorry if how my defense of him offended you but i was just trying to defend my friend and he's a whole other issue but all the stuff that's come out after with like Leah Remedy saying what she, she called Julie Chen a wonton and all these like crazy yeah. allegations. I mean, it's hard for me not to believe and Leah. eyes. Yeah. It's hard for me not to believe Leah Remedy. Like she's my queen Scientology defender. And I, I'm inclined to believe that Sharon Osbourne has made some not so great comments and maybe shouldn't be on the talk anymore. But I think the most important thing to know in 2021 is that words matter and what you say matters. And you know, Sharon, if you said it, that's it. You're going to be silenced for a little bit. And that's just the way it is. And maybe you'll learn. It's always rough when someone makes one joke and then the coworkers are like, oh, no, this is actually her brand. She makes lots of racist jokes all, all the time. Ugh, rough, rough, rough. Well, let's move on to some happier news where there was luckily a lot of diversity. Award shows are back and they're sort of good now. Award season, I feel, has finally found its footing with a total watchable award show, the Grammys this week. And I loved the Grammys this week. I thought they were so well done, interesting to watch. Didn't feel like there was a panty demi panorama going on. It was great. Gwen, what are your highlights from this night of Grammys? And did you oh like it? Oh my God. 
I loved it. I loved that the venue was outside, like most of, you know, most of the venue yeah. was outside. So it kind of felt the most normal yet socially distanced event. Um, I died over the fashion, which I thought was so amazing. Taylor Swift in that Oscar de la Renta fall 21 dress was like, I mean, that had been on the runway like weeks before. I've mm-hmm. never seen fashion go from the runway to the red carpet so quickly. And I'm so happy that it was on Taylor. As far as style goes, I mean, how obsessed am I that the 90s are fully back? From Megan The Stallion's amazing dress and hairdo. Oh, beautiful. I mean, Lizzo's, that Balmain that I could have worn that to my prom in 1990. Yeah, I didn't love that dress. It was very, very late 80s, early 90s prom dress. She looked amazing from the neck up. The dress was Oh, not I my loved her stuff. in it. I just thought I just thought that she looked super rad. I you know, the fashion like really gave me amazing vibes. And I loved the performances. I mean, I'm sorry, but to see Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion doing WAP live, uh, it was an, it was incredible. And of course, you know, Taylor Swift in that treehouse. Can I just live there? It was so pretty. And that Vagina Slam by Megan the Stallion and Cardi B is maybe the best <laughs> thing to happen to pop culture in the last few months. And I thought it was a fantastic acrobatic and feminist move. Other people totally. disagree, but I loved it. Sarah, Super your feminist. Sur- yeah, it was. It was like, this is our bodies. And if I want to slam my vagina against hers and flip her over, you don't get to say shit about it, bro. <laughs> Sarah, what were your thoughts on the Grammys? Did you have some favorite moments? Obviously, Harry Styles' body, number one. Oh, yeah, it was me. Harry's abs were pretty much my my highlight. Um, but I also, I thought it was, as far as these pandemic awards have gone, the most entertaining um, and I think it was cool to see the way they had the stage set up where they had whoever was performing in like the same group was still like around each other. So we got to see like Harry watching Taylor and stuff like that. Cause we know what I love about award shows is the run-ins and the, like mm-hmm. the moments where they all see each other. So that's when I've been missing from the zoom stuff. Um, Wait, Sarah, can you do a deep dive into the Harry Styles, Taylor Swift interaction? <laughs> I mean, I we need someone who can read through masks. It's the problem oh, here. There, but there was a person who could read the lips when they were exposed and the body language, and but all they could figure out was it's good to see you. It definitely looked friendly. It was he talked to the people around her longer than he talked to her. But it, you know, it's everyone was joking. Was you know he she was just like, hey, we out of the woods yet? Or you know, it was all fun and games. Or remember that time you crashed your car and got the stitches? Because that's another one of her lyrics. I'm I'm all for it. I <laughs> think um, Beyonce it, was another highlight. Her winning totally. was cool. Blue yeah, Ivy won. Come on, Blue Ivy won. She's oh. like drinking out of her Grammy on Instagram right now. <laughs> oh my God. It's fantastic. I just loved it. It was so good. It made me believe in award shows again. And now I'm excited for the Oscars because hopefully they're taking notes. The Grammys were just so much better than the Globes.
Well, we have to set the record straight this week because is Pete Davidson off the market? Not yet. Sexy famous women rejoice because Pete Davidson could still be yours. I love this story. It is bonkers. It is bonkers. So Pete Davidson was forced through his lawyer to release a statement on Tuesday um, saying that he did not get hitched and is completely false. Um, so this was from his childhood pal, Michelle, who said that the two were married. Michelle is from the Bronx, who uses the pronouns they, them, and claims on a production company's website, Bodega Cats, that they graduated from Rochester in 2017, has a bachelor's degree, and is married to Pete Davidson. They said that they started a scam company with Davidson to increase diversity in the entertainment industry by creating experiences that have a cultural and social impact. And so pretty much to sum it all up, he has this childhood best friend who is crazy and sort of stalking him digitally and now saying that they're married. And then he had to come out and say, I'm not married to them. This was a strange day for Pete Davidson. And I still worry for all the young, thin women or not so young, thin, gorgeous women out there who he is going to date and hurt next. Jason Alexander would never. Jason Alexander (laughs) definitely would never. Did you get into this story, Sarah, or not at all? Um, I honestly missed it. So that was very interesting. I think Pete Davidson and his love life will always be headline making and entertaining. And I am partly fascinated, partly concerned at all times. Um, happy that it was not Olivia Rodrigo, who he was allegedly marrying, as we oh. know. That was our biggest concern. My driver's license queen. Me too. Well, you know, speaking of girls who should be terrified of a man, Army Hammer had a new girl for lunch. Sorry, he was seen out with a new girl for lunch. But did they eat barbecue? Army Hammer was seen dining out in the Cayman Islands with a mystery blonde on Friday as his cannibal craziness goes on. Um, Army was wearing a distinctive pink and black button down that he's seen wearing before. And they were at Over the Edge Cafe, a seafood joint over the edge sounds pretty pretty apt for this <laughs> lunch um army was of course raised in the cayman islands by his father and he just sold his la home that he shared with ex elizabeth chambers and it's unknown that if he has plans on returning to the states but he seems to have a better time there uh gwen are you as nervous as i am for this mystery blonde I'm really worried about her and also still worried about Ormy's kids because I don't think that we've seen the worst of this. I'm still waiting for him to check himself into, you know, some place to go for his, quote, exhaustion. Uh, as am I. Uh, I just saw this. It just reminds me of all the girls that he's branded and asked to remove their <laughs> ribs. This girl, we only see her from the back. She has a blonde ponytail, but you can tell she looks really young. Yeah. And I am Impressionable nervous. and probably tasty. <laughs> Impressionable and probably tasty. Break out the Worcestershire sauce. <laughs> Well, that is all the time we have today. Thank you so much to my host, Gwen and Sarah, for helping me spill the piping hot celebrity. This is Travis Cronin, Us Weekly's Hot Hollywood Podcast, with your weekly peek into the glamour, glitter, fashion, fame of your favorite celebrities. After all, they're just like us. 